0: episode of the self-development with tactics podcast today we're once again going through a few blog posts by Seth Godin um interesting guy as always definitely worth checking out the podcast his speeches and everything about him quite it's amazing amazing thoughts and uh, um amazing personality as well I would argue let's see fake acuticals of course we have all we have all <laughs> Of course we have always had snake oil salesmen we have always had Patent medicines, odd electric probes and copper bracelets. That is partly because placebos work and partly because when someone isn't feeling well, it is tempting to seek relief and believe. In the last 50 years, peer-reviewed and tested medicine has gotten dramatically more effective at the same time that these regulated medicines have spent a fortune on ads and marketing. Which, by the way, is always staggering for me. Um, There is so much money in... uh, Actually, I should want to say franchise, it's not a franchise. Uh, in this market, it is insane. It really is. They have, fortunately actually as well, so many possibilities and so many abilities to uh, do and produce and, and research so many different things. It's, it's uh, really great, I believe, I think, at my point of view. But uh, on the other hand, it is interesting that you have to market medicine and you have to market um, pharmaceutical things. Um, I would believe if I go to uh, the pharmacy or to a doctor that um, I'm getting this stuff anyways. You know, they're making their money anyways. Um, But of course, I mean, there are also some products that do not have to be prescribed and uh, might be about that. Probably is about that. Um, I'm just thinking if I've ever Seen some ad for a, a prescribed drug, but I don't really know, I really don't anyway. Um, where have I stopped? As a result, the shame snake oil, there we are, by the way, uh, poor or whatever the fuck this means, um, have worked hard to copy the scientific umbra and language of tested. Could you go away, please? And regulated treatments, and thanks to aggressive lobbying in many countries, the fork remedies are nearly unregulated. So we've got greedy public pharma companies with a tested product and an ad budget that often exceeds their R&D budget. Industry-wide, it approaches half of R&D, which... I don't know what this means. We might just Google it. Because I believe that it could be important. And while I'm doing so, I can... Um, Do this, yes. Because it bothers me. Covers all costs, including labor, materials and overhead associated with discovering new knowledge and translating research findings into plans or designs for new products. So basically research things, I would assume. Or I would say, which is insane. But anyway. And they're using every tool they can to sell something expensive that sometimes works. Sometimes, And then we have fork medicine companies that are responding to the high prices and ad influx by raising their own prices and sharpening their own ads, blurring the gap and grabbing some of the trust that people have in verified and tested results. Belief is useful and placebos work, but you can see the widening gap here. It is hard to tell from the website or ad, which are the actual forces, tested, double blind and effective treatments and which are simply scams. A cheap banning benign. Placebo is our bargain. One that cuts too much or hurts you is not. If someone, if someone tells you that they're offering a diagnostic test of your microbiome and has you sent in a sample for scientific analysis and testing, it is almost certain that they're donating. They're doing nothing of the sort. If they're is a sem- simple device you can buy online for a hundred bucks or so, it is likely that it doesn't cure pain the way they say it does. If a practitioner insists that they have powers that transcend the laws of physics or reason, they're actually only offering you the power of suggestion. And yes, if a famous doctor insists that an expensive over-the-counter magical bean is what you need, think twice. I think especially when it is a doctor, um, you might then change your doctor, you know, and go to somebody else. Regulated medicine has gotten dramatically more effective in the last few decades. Fork medicine hasn't changed at all, even if it costs 10 times more than it used to, and even if the packaging and hype is significantly more sophisticated. And so, targeting people in distress, charging ever more, and honing the sales pitch to make it ever sharper. It is a shame that the folks who do this don't have the self-respect and generosity it would take to be honest about what they are offering. Instead, they hide behind a facade of jargon and process that conceals the fact that they are simply making it up. That oil isn't essential. Except in the way it makes a profit. There are few areas of your life where we tolerate this much fraud because we really want it to be true. Yeah, I think... There is a reason why, let's check that out, um, pharma industry, um, 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 what do you call it, market size, uh, in comparison, can I find something like this, would be amazing, um, it is growing. At this point, we are at um, 2019. The UK pharmaceutical manufacturing market was 13.5 billion. Think about that. And it grew to. What? The global pharmaceutical manufacturing market size was valued at $405 billion in 2020. And it is expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 11.34 from 2021 to 2028. Which is insane. Uh, Molecule type insights and so on and so forth. So the 2022 apparently is 405.5 billion, even though this is from 2020 apparently. Great diagram. Thanks, you fuckhead worldwide statistics statistic uh, let's see what we can find here 2027 2022 what is this number it's one point or one comma 109.05 whatever it might mean but it is interesting the biggest one is other pharmaceuticals. Thank you. What is the green one? Oncology drugs. Apparently, oncology drugs are one of the biggest um, pieces of the whole puzzle. Uh, f- for some reason, I mean, there probably is a reason. You know, maybe it's something that you're just you know getting prescribed, and, and that's it, quite, and, and whatever. But actually, really interesting graphs. Global comparison. <laughs> top 5 2022 in billion US dollars United States 489 billion dollars apparently in this pharmaceutical market um Japan Germany 40 billion and what is that also and so on and so forth revenue of the worldwide pharmaceutical market in 2021 point and USD revenue share of the North American pharmaceutical market in 2021. 49%. Pharmaceutical sales in oncology is 99.5 fucking billion. Sorry for having my 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 volume up. Um it is insane, but I mean there is there is a reason why I don't know. I mean there is it is good on one hand, you know, that we are always, like, proceeding forward in this whole medical space, and this whole uh, pharmaceutical space and whatnot. It is great. It is it is fine. I uh, like seeing it and whatever. But, um... <sighs> what about selling things that are indeed, first of all, working, and then, second of all, just being honest about it, like... Uh, Yes, I'm selling this and that, and that is doing this and that. And this, well, when it is a placebo, of course, I can't say it is a placebo. Um, Wouldn't make too much sense, of course. But, um, yeah. No, go away. Let's see what the next one is. Go away. But first, we need to talk about it. People don't talk about end-of-life suffering or the cost of healthcare in the last year of life, so it never gets better, instead we pretend it isn't an issue and the problem persists. We don't talk about the ongoing and escalating costs, human and financial, of our changing climate, so the systems that are making it worse continue unimpeded. We don't talk about all the time we waste in meetings, the persistence of caste. And justice or injustice, the manipulation of our communication platforms, the creeping aristocracy disguised as a mediocracy, or even the ridiculous nature of the wedding industrial complex, which um, has—I mean, I would—I would lie to say it has always been something I've been bothered by. I, but I just don't understand it. Um, paying so much for a fucking wedding, why? But um, this is another topic for another day, I'd say. What all of these systems have in common is that they maintain their position and the status quo by creating a force field that somehow keeps us from talking about them. On the other hand, we talk about quarterly profits, sports rankings, celebrities, and the horse race of the day's politics all the time. Which is why so much time and energy is spent on polishing and optimizing those systems. Which makes sense. You know, if things... um, when things are being used, they, uh, they don't go broke. For example, a lot of um, ancient temples, a lot of ancient buildings, they just, you know, got destroyed because of nature, because of whatever, because nobody has used them anymore. Back in the days, they have used them. But from this point on, where they are not being used anymore, um, it really goes downward pretty fast. So it just makes sense. Uh, figure out what is important and then create the conditions for people to talk about it. P.S. Thanks to Eileen Fisher for doing just that. Last month, their stores gave away thousands of copies of The Carbon Almanac to people who stopped by simply that to encourage people to talk about our future. Also, congratulations to Gabe for 2,000 daily posts. Good stuff. I want to check out what Gabe is doing. Because when it is uh, a suggestion by Seth Godin, it might be something worth while there we go. Sunday night, sh- hum love about contact. How long can it be the new thing? Hum love on Spotify and Apple. Repeatable attitude. Apparently, it's yeah, it is a daily. Let's read one. By the way, on the www.gape the Repeatable attitude. We all want to believe that our knowledge is building toward the sure thing. That all our toils with uncertainty will give way to a certain, a repeatable process, or at least a predictable one, where we can control the outcomes. The truth is, as we build our knowledge and understanding, we are actually building toward adaptability to the present reality. Not a repeatable process, but a repeatable attitude. And so on and so forth. And I do also, for the very end of this episode, want to show the carbon almanac. With a foreword by Seth Gordon. Is there a little bit of an introduction? What is this about? It is a source of reliable and easily understandable knowledge on climate change that you can share to create meaningful impact. Contributor Seth Gordon explains more below. Um, I don't know if I can share that. Or if it even works. Ah, I, I'm just hearing myself. Um, it is on the carbonalmanac.org site if you wanna check it out. We are all called to be architects of the future, not its victims. Every action we take makes a difference every day. It is up to each one of us the kind of difference we make. And the Carbon Almanac helps us all find a way to make positive actions for the health of our planet and its inhabitants. Can I order it now? I can buy it on Amazon, Apple Books, and so on and so forth. If you want to check it out, check it out. But up until then, I'm we're going to see you the next time. So, bye bye.